Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni, and welcome to the Neighborhood New York. Tonight we have from the director's chair with cinematic masters Carlo Mignano and Nick Agenta, and I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, so I apologize in advance. Um, they're going to discuss some of their latest projects, um, some of the documentaries, and so we look forward to hearing from them again. They're on uh, cinematicmasters.com is uh, their website, and they have a Facebook page. So uh, we look forward to hearing the conversation. Uh, thank you very much, Mildred. Thanks for having us here. It's a pleasure. Um, we'd like to introduce ourselves. I'm Nick Agnetta. And I'm Carlo Mignano. And we're going to talk about what it's like to make an independent film. Carlo and I met um, about three months ago. And we were, Carlo was actually um, editing the film City of the Eternal Spring when he ran into a need to have music. Right, Carlo? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, I would like to start by saying that uh, City of Eternal Spring is a film that I uh, made in Bolivia. It's about the street children of Bolivia and what a young American man is doing to help them to help them make some money, to help them survive the hardships of uh, living and working in the streets of Bolivia. After I filmed everything I wanted to film, I knew I was going to need some music. So I bought some CDs in Bolivia, and uh, one of them was particularly good for the kind of music that I needed. And uh, when, I get, when I got back to the United States, I started editing, and I immediately used the music, uh, confident that I was going to get the release that I needed in order to be able to keep the music there. I got in touch with the people who had made that CD, the two Bolivian groups, one called uh, Los Tiacas, uh, and the other one was Savia Andina. They both got together playing this wonderful Indian music that went so well with my film. So as I was saying, I got in touch with them and tried to get copyrights, and uh, I didn't get too much collaboration. It was not a matter of money. It was a matter of just getting to corresponding on a regular basis and getting somewhere. We weren't getting anywhere. So at that point, I realized that I didn't have the music that I thought I had. Mm -hmm. And that's when, um, you know, Nick came into the picture. Well, really, the first person that came into the picture was uh, Vincent Del Basso. Yes. Right? Our friend, common friend we have in common, uh, Vinny, a good songwriter, great performer, um, has a band. And he 
called me and he um he said, "Oh, Nick, Nick, I I have this great opportunity for you." And um we met with Vincent and myself and uh Lionel Sanders was there. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and uh watched the film with the music from Bolivia. Yeah. And it was very good, worked really well. Right. And uh Carlo described, you know, his problems with getting uh, the releases, because without the releases, you can't submit it to the festivals exactly. and to television. So um, we watched it, and Lionel uh, has a band, and they do indigenous South American music, so mm-hmm. his music seemed like a natural. Once you get everything in order with the, the film and the, the music, how long does it take to, to do a final edit? Or to do a final edit, that's that's the the longest process. You know, people don't realize it. Uh, shooting a feature film can be done in five to six weeks, but the editing can take six months, even nine months. It can take a very long time. Uh, my film, City of Eternal Spring, uh, I shot in two weeks. I mean, we were working like 12, 13 hours a day during those two weeks in uh, Bolivia. But the editing, uh, you know, uh, probably if I would have worked on it on a steady basis day after day, I would say that it probably would have taken me close to four months. Why does it take so long? Because um, film is about clips. You know, clips are... Uh, you know, snippets of time, and you have to put them together and and tell a story, and uh, every clip has to be the right length. It cannot be too long, because if you see it on the screen much too long, you get bored. It cannot be too short, because you have to, the filmmaker has to give you time to see what's on the screen and to understand what's in there. So every clip has to be the right length, and the right length cannot be mechanical, cannot be mathematical, because the the right length is determined by the content of the particular clip. So that's why it takes such a long time. The the other thing is that when you edit, uh, you have to edit according to a rhythm. You have to have a rhythm in your mind. So again, the clips are not arbitrarily long or short. They have to follow this uh, uh, rhythm that you are proceeding internally. And uh, another thing is if you're editing to music, then you probably want to edit on the beat as much as possible. You don't want to do it too uh, persistently because then it becomes a little boring. But you want to do it uh, at the right time and the right place and uh, that, again, it takes time because you, you have to manipulate the clips, again, to make them longer or short so that the cut from one clip to another one falls on the beat. Yeah. Now I understand the beat very well. Yes. <laughs> so while Carlo, while you were editing the film, I was working with Vinny, and we were starting to pr- get some, some music together, and Vinny had <clears throat> wanted to record this traditional song called Motherless Children and we recorded it. It took us about two two sessions to get it down and we played it for you and you 
said, the movie's not about motherless children. <laughs> so, um, we, you like the music so much, we've made an instrumental version of it, with the mandolin as the uh, lead instrument. And then, um, I think you started running into some uh, problems getting the releases from Lionel um, for his music. Yes, I did. Again, like I said before, because uh, the complexities of the whole process. But uh, thanks to you, uh, you, know, you intervened and you you uh, facilitated uh, Lionel and I reaching an agreement. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, I, I got the release that I wanted. And uh, because at one point I thought I had to re-edit the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. I had to look for new music. And at that time, you were willing to compose the music for mm-hmm. the film. But uh, you said that perhaps you know you could uh, uh, mediate between uh, Lionel and me. In my view, you know, just in pure unselfishness, Lionel's music was perfect for the film. So I. I play with him and I said Lionel you really should rethink you know this this arrangement because the music is the film's going to bring the music to uh, a much wider audience it's going to give your music a lot of exposure that it, it ordinarily wouldn't have just as pure music and um, Lionel agreed I think I he heard the the reasoning and the soundness of my uh my uh, idea and, and perception, and so everything worked out fine, Carlo. You didn't have to re-edit the film. Yeah, it worked out beautifully, mm-hmm. and at that point, uh, yes, I didn't have to re-edit it. Uh, I just fine-tuned uh, what I already had in terms of music, uh, narration, and uh, ultimately, within a few days from from that, uh, I completed the film. Mm-hmm. And and then the part was, that was really the best for both Carlo and I was that we realized that there was a little bit of a rapport between us because we were focusing, both focused on the same thing, creating uh, me, sounds, and music that accompanies moving image in film. Carlo, who does film, who likes to tie it into the music. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then Carlo offered um, to let me read the screenplay for the Year of the Locust. That's the working title, mm-hmm. and was fantastic. I read the script and I realized there were some pieces of music that that were already recorded that immediately jumped out at me. So uh, Carlo and I made another uh, plan to sit down, and I brought over five or six CDs of a whole catalog of stuff that I've been working on, that that I have recorded. And I moved through some of them, and he liked um, the one that we call Better Yet, uh, mm-hmm. just off the bat. And, uh, and you can hear it right now in the background. And um, we started to go through the catalog and pick things and eliminate things until right now we've got about four, four pieces four or five pieces that we think are um, have a place in the plot in the film. And um, how do you, well, when, when you hear them, how do you know they're right for your film? Which is really, I guess, one of the hardest things for anybody to describe. It's so... Um, well, you know, the film is not 
on film, it's not on tape, but it's in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, it's a finished product. I know exactly what the film uh, is going to look like when it's finally uh, put together. Uh, therefore, when I listen to music, I immediately know uh, if the music will go with the film and more or less what parts of the film it will go with. Mm-hmm. So that's not, of course, you know, that's not uh, always the case. You know, sometimes sometimes you have to test that you cannot always do it from memory. You have to actually test the music in your editing room with your film, with your images, before you are 100% sure. But you have a pretty good idea if a piece of music is going to work or not for your film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick, as you said before, uh, during the process of getting these releases and getting the right music for the film, uh, I listened to your compositions, not just the compositions that you made Mm -hmm. for uh, City of Eternal Spring, but also the ones that you showed me that I know are going to work very well for the Years of the Locust. Uh, Besides that, you showed me other pieces of music that you had composed for and you shared your ideas, uh, what you envisioned when you composed those pieces. And I remember one time I said to you, Nick, I said, you, right now you are composing and you are selecting music for my projects. I said, it would be nice if one day we'll, instead of working your mu- working around my films with your music, if we make a film around your music, mm-hmm. because you have ideas and because uh, your music lends itself very well to stories. And uh, from then on, I guess our relationship became um, very meaningful. We found that uh, we had affinities, we, had, uh, we shared ideas, and that uh, we respected each other's ideas and dreams, and uh, here we are, doing a radio show together and planning to do, hopefully, many, many projects in the future. Absolutely, and many more radio shows. Okay, so Mildred, thank you very much for having us here tonight, and we're really eager to continue these conversations about film and music, and um, thank you all for listening, and uh, please do...